I'm Katie Wallace, and you're listening to The Dying Project. Jake Jordan, welcome to The Dying Project. Thanks, Katie Wallace. Hey. 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 Hey, I love the deco. It's very, uh, it's very holiday. I I like um, your sweet, um, I don't need lofty vibe, very mod that you got going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 really real and authentic. Yeah, super it's, real. It's awesome. Super real. People <laughs> who listen in the audio have no idea what's going on, or are gonna have no idea what's going on. We'll leave the mystery. Uh, so it's been a year. I don't need to really tell you that. I'm excited about this conversation because we actually used to do a show together, probably one of my most favorite projects I've ever worked on the unlearn show so i know that you're gonna take it where everybody or where i want it to go basically um yeah. so welcome well thank you it's good to sit and chat with you again because like you said that's one of my most favorite things i've ever participated in in my life was i think it's a time when all of us were just kind of trying to figure some stuff out in our lives and we it was like therapy for us but we were <laughs> had had guests to to I'll do it together. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we took everyone through therapy um, because we needed it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, man, yeah, we should uh, we we should reboot it, but we'll talk about that later. So, <laughs> yeah. how I like to kick this off is I like to ask people who they are, but I think a lot of people kind of are used to the whole. Well, I work here and I do this, and this is mm. me professionally, but. I think you know what I mean when I ask you, who are you? So who are you? Yeah, so um, Matt Gagnon helped me come up with a, a life quote back a few years ago when I met him. I love that dude. And uh, I, so I did. Uh, he helped me. And so when people ask me that question, I actually do that now instead of say what I work, uh, what, what I do and things like that. And, you know, I, I equip and embolden the cause driven so that they can change the world. That's, that's who I am. I, I help people that are cause-driven, mission-driven, purpose-driven, um, be better versions of themselves. I, I help them get places they want to go because I want them to change the world. Uh, and the way I'm built, I'm good at helping other leaders. So that, that, that's what I'm about. I just care about, about change and improvement and, and people being more of who they truly are. Mm, yes. Well, I love that. How is that manifesting right now? Are you, what are you, what are you kind of doing to bring that to life? Gosh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, a lot, a whole lot. Um, I, I think there's a combination going on of, you know, I, I'm 42. So I did the whole 40, 41 thing where I was like, oh, what am I doing with my life? What's my legacy? You know? Uh, <laughs> and then I, um, I did this show called The Unlearned Show that they kind of flipped my brain on, on its head, you know? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I left agency about two and a half years ago now. So I, I'm in my third career. All these things kind of converged at once and made for this massive self-awareness, self-determination um, conversation going in my head, like all the time. It was so annoying. Mm. Constantly like, who am I? And, why am I not this? Or should I even be that? You know, like all this stuff. So um, all that to say is I'm evolving. I'm, I'm becoming. Um, and the way that's manifesting for me is I have stopped doing things that other people tell me I should be doing. And I should, I'm listening to the, the quiet voice in my head a whole lot more. Uh, and, and so 
that means I'm doing projects that I get no credit for. That means I'm doing things that I would never see myself doing because it feels like the right thing to do. Um, and, and then the formal answer is <laughs> I'm, I'm business coaching cause driven organizations because I, I want businesses that are for purpose to succeed. Um, so I've shifted from kind of like a marketing consultant and, and for whoever wants help to uh, a business coach for, for specific people that have a specific purpose. So mm. that's, that's what that looks like for me. Wow. How, okay. So you just said something that it made it sound like it was super easy, but I know from personal experience that it's not freaking easy. How do you, how do you do that? How do you stop doing what everyone else around you wants mm. you to do or what you think you want them to do? Because I think people, I think a majority of people trick themselves into thinking that they're doing what they want to be doing, but they're unconsciously um, being driven by everyone around them and what everybody else, what they think everybody else thinks they should be doing. So how, number one, how do you become aware of that? And then number two, how do you stop doing that shit? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I believe that we all run our lives in frameworks uh, and, and most of those frameworks are invisible to us because they work so well. And when you, it's kind of like the American dream, right? There's a, an easy one to talk about is you're supposed to get married and have kids and buy a house and, and have two cars and a 2.5 kids and a dog and whatever, you know, that's a program, that's a framework. And a lot of people still, you know, at least up until probably the millennial or, or Z generation didn't really push back on it. It's, you know, it's, it's baby boomers and Xers and Y and all those people were like, okay, this is what we do. Uh, and so I, we all have programming, we all have frameworks. And so I think the very first step is to realize you live in frameworks every single day. What are they? Let, let's step back and go, what frameworks do I live in? Right. Um, and, and for me, uh, a couple of them were, were, and this came through therapy and this came through like actual, you know, certified therapist therapy, not just yeah. the unlearned show. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what was that? Uh, I, thought for people to love me, I needed to be important somewhere. I, I needed self-importance. I thought that's how I got love, um, that people liked me and loved me because of the things that I could do. Uh, and when I figured out that those expectations were really damaging and, and toxic to, to my own health, mental health, and um, it, that's, that's what got me started on down the path. That's, that's how I started those conversations. Because once, once you start those conversations, you cannot turn that off. It, it is the rabbit is out and mm -hmm. it's done. It it's just spirals. The, the question from there is, are you constructive with them or do you let them consume you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Very much so. I like that you, I, I was thinking about this idea this morning of how, you know, there's particular things that I'm involved with now that are not therapy. I feel like they're the next step after you go kind of like through the, that through therapy. And of course, therapy is not something that ever really like you don't, you don't just like do it once and you're good. Um, yeah. But it's like, it, like you're talking about, it's once you become aware enough to become aware of yourself and the frameworks that you live your life by, um, you're right, that track's gonna be running forever. And then you'll continue to need things to continue to grow and evolve because what it used to take for you to grow and evolve, that doesn't work anymore. You have to continue, like you have to do novel things and new things. Um, so yeah, I think we're, well, I think we're trains. We're not, we're not cars. We, we, we don't, um, get to go wherever we want just by moving the steering wheel around and do all over things. That's not how our brains work. Our brains need direction and frameworks. 
And so we're trains. We get to choose the tracks we go on, but like we need those rails. It, they're unconscious. So the human brain works that way. It's, it's constantly trying to find the easiest way to do things. And that requires programs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that analogy. So I don't know if you want to talk about this. It's completely up to you. But speaking of the American dream, what is that looking like for you? Because you've played out that narrative. I tried to play out that narrative. It didn't go exactly how I thought it should look, what was, which was great because it completely smashed that paradigm for me. And I realized that I could build whatever kind of life I wanted to build. So yeah. how, how's that going for you? Yeah. Um, well, I kept some of it because it was valuable to me and some of it I no longer have. So I, 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 I'm not out advertising, but I'm, you know, I'm divorced and um, I have fantastic kids and I have a great relationship with my ex-wife and I don't have a home and a dog and the picket fence and a 401k. Um, I think by choosing to be an entrepreneur, I actually kind of forego, for, for, for gone, for went. I moved past some of that, right? Because <laughs> entrepreneurs don't get to collect a paycheck and go home and smile and sleep, you know, like we, we work our butts off all the time. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, but it's the same thing as you, right? As, um, as different things were, were in high friction mode, it was like, what do I really want though? Like, what, who am I? What am I about? And does this match up with the, the track I'm on right now? And no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, and so I did the same thing as you. I blew it up. Not just the, the marriage stuff, just like in general, I was like, I'm going to start over. Um, and we talked about the soft air, you know, I wrote an obituary for myself because uh, mm -hmm. what, what would I want people to say about me when I'm gone? And I'm going to work backwards from there. Mm. Yes. Okay. So I have two questions. No, I have one question. And then I would love to hear your obituary because I think that there's not much better place to read it. I mean, besides your funeral, um, but uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. um, but I mean, but the dying project. I mean, so, yeah, come on. <laughs> um, so why did you write your obituary? What, what brought that about? Uh, I've always been someone who feels like that fate is not in charge. Um, there, there's this thing of, of, you know, cause I'm a Christian. So there's self-determination, free will, how much does God do? How much do you do? So there's a lot of those conversations I have with myself, uh, and, and other people, other Christians, but like at the end of the day, we have free will and we can do things. And I think a lot of us, because we get stuck in certain programs go, Oh, this is just how my life is, or this 94%, I can't change. This is just how life is. And I call bullshit on that. Like I, I was like, what, what if I could literally write a story that I could be proud of and why can't I, you know, what, what if I could be, you know, this, this, this person I want to be, you know? Um, and so I just went, you know what I can, and, and I'm going to write it because I'm a big goals person. Uh, a lot of people that know me know, like, so I have a daily podcast, um, five days a week at 7:45 AM and me and my buddy, John, we do the same thing. We just Komodo open, like here, here's what we're dealing with. Here's the problems. Uh, you know, and it's like, here's, Did you just say kimono open? Yeah, open the kimono. Is that you know, a, we, that's a saying? I think you pull back the kimono, don't you? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've never heard it before in my life. Oh, this is yeah, great. I think it's like a traditional Japanese, like, like it's, it's like everything's bare. Open up the kimono, like you get to see it all. You know, Got it. pull back okay. the curtain. How about that? There's the American version. <laughs> I mean, I like that. I like the kimono open. I actually own a kimono and like, okay. I, I, I get it. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Not yeah. Trail. Continue on. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's it. I mean, we, I, 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 I'm a person anyway that thinks about the end because, uh, 
you know, largely one of my biggest strengths is I'm a strategist. I, I see big picture. And so that includes my own life. And and then so actually, you know, the, the way I ended up with the actual obituary is um, I do I do this for, for business owners who are cause driven and purpose driven. It's, it's an activity, it's a paid service I do to help uh, business owners and executives align their own purpose and meaning to what they're doing in their business and their life. And so it's, it's part of that exercise. So I'm like, what good am I to teach it if I don't do it? Mm, yes, 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 yes. You have to go through it. Okay, hit yeah. us with it. All right, let's see. So it's not super long. Great. Uh, but uh, Jake Jordan was known for helping others find and live out their purpose across their whole life. He did that as a strong advocate for discipline and community. He had a deep love for God and he believed that each of us were on a mission. Looking back, he can see, you can see this in all the areas of life he touched. Each month, he would take trips with his family to visit the organizations of the funds he supported. They would serve and enjoy the people and atmosphere with the teams and the people that they cared about. Every year, the family would find one organization from the funds uh, that they cared for and invite them out for retreat. Uh, the leaders and families would relax and refresh themselves so they could go back and do even more good on the mission that they were on. Several times a year, he spent time with uh, 50 to 100 leaders who were a cohort on a mission together to conquer and change the world, to fix a large problem or injustice together. They were his Justice League. Jake is survived by his wife, two kids, and grandkids who all contribute to the fund with their own unique talents. Above all, Jake valued relationship with God, connecting others to their own mission, and staying active, mind, body, and soul. After services, the board members will dedicate a scholarship fund in Jake's name to carry on the work he started in 2020. That is very thorough. Damn. So you yeah, think that well, that's what will be read at your, or that will be your obituary? Are you on track? Know, but, but the difference is, is now I'm heading somewhere. Fuck yes. That's it. And I was thinking of a metaphor earlier, actually, when I was on my run, um, was that, you know, life's not simple and straightforward and you can't pick the destination and it goes exactly right. You know, and especially those of us that are entrepreneurs know it. <laughs> like it's, it's different every day. Um, I, I think we're more like the, the pilgrims on the Mayflower and we hop on a ship and we go, we're going to this place and it's going to be amazing. We're going to colonize it. And we're going to do all these things. When we get there, we're going to find a, a new life. But the trip on the ship, holy crap, people died, you know, certain families didn't make it. You know, it's like, that's what life's like to me. So you, if you don't have that destination in mind, um, then you're not going to head in a direction that's meaningful to you. Uh, but just know that this is probably not what's going to be read but it's where I'm headed. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's more about the type of person. It's very clear the type of person that you want to end up being as, right? A person that is a helper, a person that helps people be more connected, a person that, and I think those are the, probably the most important parts. Um, it's not the actual things that happen. And like, so I did something, I'm not going to say it's very, it's, it's not similar, but uh, it, it is similar in that it helped me it's my North star. It's where I'm headed. Right. And, um, and so I wrote this life book and it's not a concept that's unique to, to, to me. Um, there's a, a course about it on nine Valley. Um, but essentially like it's where you break down the 12 areas of your life. Um, and then you determine the type of like what type of life you want. What is it? What does it look like? And it's, you don't have, you can get as specific as you want, but I think it's better to keep it open-ended and focus on the type of person that you want to be. And so I have this actual book that I read every day. It's like my values, what success looks like to me, my perfect day, 
all of these things. And so I just read it every day. And, and I think eventually it's going to get to a point where, and probably very similar to you, where you've read it so much and you've internalized it so much that your life has no option but to be that way. Absolutely. That's, Are that's, you finding that's that? Yeah, that's a great way to describe that because it's not just the obituary. You know, I've got um, the values and I've got uh, um, projects, big, massive life projects that would would have to be done to, to be remembered that way. Um, and I read all those every morning. And, and, and there's also a 10-year, five-year, one-year plan behind it all. And I read every single one of those things every day. So it's, this is who I want to be. This is what I value. These are the big projects in my life I want to accomplish. And, and here's a map of what it could look like 10 years, five years, one year. And I read that every single day. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was doing some reading. Um, actually, I just got the, the book not long ago, and I've, I've read it now. But it's Victor Frankl, um, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. Um, his, his whole family was in Auschwitz, and he, yes. he lost his, you know, his mom, or his wife, and his kids. Anyway, he came out with this, like, philosophy on life. And what's crazy is Sigmund Freud and him lived in the same time period, right? And Freud was talking about that the key thing for, for humans is we seek pleasure. That's, that's what we do. That's what we're about. And he was like, no, it's not what we're about. Pe- people want meaning. They want meaning in their life. And when you don't have meaning, you fill it with pleasure. And, and so that's, that's a, a concept that I love. Uh, and he just, you know, put it in a, a framework. <laughs> he put it in a, a way that, that I could internalize and go, yes, that's, I need something to work on and a community to be with and um, an optimistic outlook on, on tough times. And, you know, the things that he, he talks about. Um, really line up with the way I feel about how life should be lived. Yeah. Are you, I, I love what you just said, talking about it's, it's meaning that people are after because I firmly, firmly agree with that. Um, are you familiar? Well, obviously, you know, Kira Day and her work at the Passion oh, yeah. Center. So um, I've been working with her in some capacity and then we're going to be rolling out some things here soon that I am super excited. But what I love because the passions or passion is something that just seems so out there to people. Like, I just, I will like, what is it? What does that even mean? And I love her definition, which is meaning passion equals meaning times investment, because that's what we're searching for. It's meaning like that meaning. And then us going towards that thing is what creates passion. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. So go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I, I the one of the reasons I love what Kira's doing is because, um, a lot of people are like, I feel like, like I don't have motivation. I don't have momentum. I have trouble, you know, with habits and da 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 da. And like at the end of the day, I think almost everything in life maps back to you don't have clarity. And and Kira does such a good job of helping you. Like that that formula, right, brings clarity to what passion is, right. And um, you do things that, that that help clear things up, right, for people. And I do things that help clear things up for people. Because if you don't know what what it is you're supposed to do, you're you're stuck. And so all these other things happen, right? Well, of course you don't have momentum. Of course you don't have any motivation because you don't know where you're going, and you don't know the reason why you're going there. So um, I love Kira's work. I think it's amazing. Oh, yes. I feel like the way that you're presenting information makes it just seem like you have, and I've always seen you as just this person who has your shit together. So tell me about kind of the, some of the messy things on the way to these realizations. What did that look like? It's funny because when you're an optimist, you don't tend to share the messy stuff, right? Because you, you tend to go, oh, that sucks. Let's move on to something cooler than this, you know? So like, I don't, 
I don't spend a lot of time thinking about my, my mess ups. Um, so it's, that it's hard for me to, to share a lot of those. Cause I literally, I, they've been cataloged in the trash. <laughs> you know, I take the learning and I move on. So, but like messy things, most of the messy things that I, I'm still very self-aware of have to do with me making choices that don't align with what my, my desires are like the, the way I'm heading in life goes, I'll pick something else. I'll pick something else. I'll pick something else. And I can work a lot of ways. Um, you know, like, um, gosh, I just, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about optimizing things. So it's like, even after this, I already know what the rest of my day looks like. Like I have a calendar, you know, I, I have things that lined up, you know? Um, and so it's like, I'm not someone who, like, I, I get actually really mad when people will be like, oh, Jake's perfect. Oh, Jake never messes things up. Oh, Jake, you know, always has his stuff together. When like in my head, I'm, it's a constant battle of like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, do that. But no one hears that battle, right? But just because it doesn't play out in front of the rest of the world, right? Like, you know, I'm like an asteroid falling to earth in, in, on flames, you know, like doesn't mean I'm not battling in my head, you know, which that's where the real battle is. Um, so I do a lot of things that are really disciplined. So it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm like in good shape or like, like, but truly every single day, like the biggest battles for me are foods and sugar. Like I'm constantly battling my sugar cravings and like constantly, like I can't put the stuff in my house. I just don't buy it. <laughs> you can't keep you it know? either. Yeah. No, I'll, I like it. It does, I'll, I, I will, I will eat the whole, the whole thing. If there's a bag of something, the whole thing. It doesn't matter if it's how many serving sizes. It doesn't matter. I have no, no. I have no control. Yeah. If you want to sabotage me, uh, send me uh, Reese's peanut butter cups or oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> oh, like the shit. full stack is gone of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's the stupid stuff I battle with, you know, and I, I battle with like uh, distraction is a big one. I'm constantly, um, one of the big things I came to uh, this past year uh, to actually act on. I've known this for years and years. I was even talking about it on the online show, uh, but well before that is I love opening new projects because they're exciting mm -hmm. and they have hope and they have this, this cool thing. Um, and I know with every fiber of my being that I don't need to do that, <laughs> uh, but I still do it. So I literally was doing, and I'm, you know, ashamed to admit, you know, doing five or six projects even last year. Um, and so what I did was dropped all but do two projects for 2021. I literally am only working on two things this next year. And I'm already trying to sit down in those habits, um, but I got off boards. I, uh, I did all sorts of stuff. I, I closed a business, a side business. I, you know, so that's my problem. Distraction and not staying on task and then eating like a fatso. <laughs> <laughs> We're so eerily similar, similar, but I think, I think it's also, we've already discussed this. It's like, we like in the, in the personality things, we typically fall into the same, well, we're yeah. Hufflepuff, ENFJ, right? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure those, are, okay. I knew yeah. we had this, but I, so my, my year looks very similar. I mean, I have written on my board, the three projects that I'm working on. That's it. These are the only three that I can touch. Nothing else can be touched point blank period. Um, but I do this. Nope, I, Right there. Yeah, <laughs> there they are. That's it, Katie. That's it. Um, yep. So, you know, speaking of probably similarities, so I can imagine that this year, you know, whereas for most people, it's been a really, and it has been crazy. Like, we can give it that. But beyond yep. that, has it been a pretty okay year for you? Have you navigated it? Okay. Yeah. Because is it, do you think it's because of 
everything being so new and so novel that that's where you thrive or what, yeah. like, why do you think it has been easier for you to navigate a time that is so much harder for most people? Hmm. I think novel's part of it. I mean, I think that does, that, that, that definitely touches something. It's, it's new and novel. I thrive in change. Um, it's a problem <laughs> for some people like, um, spouses, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like, I don't need to be changing things all the time. That's not necessary, but I like it maybe because of the new and novel and it gives me something new for my brain to work on. Um, so this has been a year of lots of change and it's been exciting in a weird way for me. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Wonder what's going to happen with that. Like, and thinking through all those kind of things. Um, but I think the reason I probably haven't lost my mind, like some people have, or, or gone into a deep depression or anxiety or things like that is just because once again, um, I think the same way about like, so I, I'm, you know, I don't really talk politics public or anything and might go into now, but like election stuff did not bother me. Like it did other people because I'm going to be the same person, no matter who gets elected and I'm going to have the same mission and I'm going to have the same sets of problems with government that I've always had. They're just going to be a different person or groups of people in power. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying it doesn't matter. And I voted and all that. Right. But like, that I I'm focused on me and a lot of people would see that as selfish, but like when I mean I'm focused on me, I'm focused on the change I want to make in the world. And so when outside forces come tumbling down, it's just not as big a deal to me in general as it is to other people who kind of, like I said earlier, like almost like see life as happening to them and they have to just like defend themselves all the time. I'm like, I'm happening to life. Like life's not happening to me. I'm in it and it does some things to me, but like I'm, I'm, I'm in life. Life's not crashing on me. Yeah. We're like co-creating with life. Life isn't, yeah. like you have, yeah. you have a role to play and you shouldn't be looking to all these other roles that are not your roles and worrying about them. What is your role? I like that. How did, when did you arrive to this place? How did, like how, I mean, is it just your natural way of being? Like, how can you, trans right. transmute that or translate that to yeah. someone else I, I do think it's it's a learned skill i think you can learn it um brennan burchard actually has a really great video on on how to change your thoughts and it's really practical that's why i like him so much mm -hmm. um i i watched it yesterday that's why it came to mind i rewatched it i had it on my favorites on youtube from 2014 and um so yes it's a learned skill but i think it's like anything else i was born that way also a little bit because I'm, I think the ENFJ or whatever, like, um, it, so, but like the way it, it showed up early in my life was arrogance. Right. And, and I, like, I was arrogant, like it not just didn't show up that way. I was, I, I was actually arrogant. Um, and it, then I think just over time, as I realized how damaging that was uh, and from selfishly, I realized bridges I was burning through the arrogance. It, it, it took the selfishness of me going, I'm, I'm not getting what I need or want or going to places I want to go. I need to figure something out to take me to a place of humility and, and to a place of just being and, and being okay with that. Not having to, because, uh, you know, on the disc, I'm, I'm a D and then an I, which means I'm dominant. So my, my communication style is assertive. Um, and so I'm okay just telling people what I think. Um, but then as you kind of get, age is some of it, but you know, wisdom and emotional intelligence come along. Uh, you start going, I need to use that dominance in ways that's helpful and effective, not just all the time.
Yeah. 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 Uh, Brendan Burchard and another person that you just made me think of is James Clear, um, talking oh. about like discipline and, oh. and being able to have particular habits um, that would likely lead you to this place where you could not be so concerned with everything that's happening around you and focusing on the controllables, which are you and how you react to life. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend checking them out. I had a question and it is lost now. Well, I'll talk about atomic habits. Why do that? Great. Yes. Damn. Atomic habits. Yes. So amazing. So amazing. And I, I like fanboy on him. Like I'm not a fanboy. Like I just don't. Probably for the same thing we just talked about. That's why I you don't remind fanboy. me of him. You remind me of James Clear. I've listened to so many podcasts with him, and you kind of remind me of him. Yeah, well, I, I found him in like 2012, 2013, and I, oh. I subscribed to his little like blog where he had like 200 subscribers. Whatever it was, and the reason I know that is because I found on Instagram a post where I met him, where I spoke at like an entrepreneurial thing, and he was a speaker too, and. Um, there's a picture of me and like five other people on a couch with him. Like that, that's how popular he was back then. It was him and five other people, you know, like, uh, and now I'm like, that dude has done some good stuff. And I'm like, oh gosh, that's like eight years ago. Holy cow. But he, he's living what he's teaching. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what about like, so talk a little bit about Atomic Habits for folks who maybe don't know. Um, people check it out. Well, so the reason I like Atomic Habits because if you haven't picked it up by now, I'm a huge productivity effectiveness geek. Um, and, yeah, but, but the, dip, <laughs> the, the shift for me has been though, like, are you being productive? Are you being effective? Are you, and you know, I changed my whole personal brand to impact over attention a couple of years ago, because are you actually making an impact? Or are you just chasing things like attention? Um, and so, no, but the reason I really, really like James Clear is because he's, same thing, all the concepts he's sharing are not his. They're things over lots of years that lots of people like Stephen Covey and Zig Ziglar and uh, John Maxwell and like all these people before him have shared, but he is so super good at creating illustrations and metaphors and charts to communicate those concepts in different ways than I've ever seen. Uh, they just, he's just a really good communicator when it comes to those type of things because it, at the end of the day, the science is the science. Um, and, and you know, brand science has come a lot further in the last, even just 10 years. Holy cow. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Another really fantastic book that if you're just into that stuff is um, The Inner Game of Tennis. Uh, and it's, uh, it's actually a peak performance book, but it's all from this tennis coach. And he uses the tennis illustration. Um, and it talks about having two selves. Uh, and the way Brendan Bouchard talks about it is you have self one and self two. Self one is... Uh, I need to breathe. The heart needs to beat. I need to move this leg forward so I can walk, you know, stuff that 95% of your day, just being. And then there's self two, which is the, what we have over the animals is the reasoning, the, you know, all that stuff. And he goes, we all get stuck in self one when we should be using self two. Like in the times we should be using self two and go reason. Okay. I hear you lizard brain or whatever, but I'm going to do this thing instead because I can reason. I'm not just, I'm not scared for my life, you know? So he talks about it that way, but then, um, uh, which we call it uh, the the book the the tennis one is actually more about your performance with the two brains and he talks about it self one being um, the the one who who does all the learning so like when you're t when you're reading when you're in a class when you're actually when you're observing and you're learning things self one is taking that and then telling yourself here's how you do that here's how you do that here's how you do that right self two is the athlete they do it's it's the muscle memory 
part of your brain. And the way he talks about it's super cool because he said if you're playing tennis and you, you've practiced your, your swing over and over, that's self-one telling you do it this way, do it this way, do this this way. But when you get in uh, and, and swing the racket, that's self-two doing the work. It's the one actually motioning your body through uh, its muscle memory. Um, and then what we constantly do to ourselves is, oh, that sucked. That was horrible. Why'd you turn your wrist over? Uh, lower your, you know, get down in your stance, da, 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 right? And what he says is peak performance is when you can shut that voice down or, or like when you're meditating, like next, mm -hmm. next. Um, thanks for that information. Keep going. Because when you're performing, muscle, um, uh, self two is the one doing the work. They, they're, they're the one. So like right now, I think video is a great example of that. Um, you know, I could sit here and, be mad about, you know, like sweat. I, I feel forming right here and be talking to myself. I need to find something and gosh, I'm going to look horrible on camera and blah, 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 blah. Right. That's self one talking to me. Yeah. Or I could be self two right here, present, you know, looking at you thinking and speaking, and it's going to be a better presentation for you and for me and for our audience, hopefully. And it's the brain science has come a long way and it's, uh, education is almost always where you start, right? Yeah. That was a great little spill. Um, I, kind of, I mean, I think it kind of ties back into, you know, how people see themselves as static and not changing. And, and whereas we can change like neuroplasticity and like the brain science tells us so that we can do that. And it's not about trying to dominate, you know, one part, like this, the survival part of the brain or the, the passion part of the brain, whatever. Um, it's just about knowing the, the particular like systems and like how everything works and how you can work with it. Basically, it's not about trying to dominate. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really like that flow. That was a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Great. It makes it makes well me talking less. Um or it makes it makes me talk less, which is what I'm always trying to get to. So great. Thank you for that. Um <laughs> let's talk. I still want to talk a little bit more about this year though, too. Um yeah, yeah. I know like you don't like look necessarily look to actually I know what I'll do. What is something that you have been unlearning this year? <sighs> Touché. <laughs> uh, um, I think I touched on it. It's self-importance. It's, it's uh, like, there's this really weird balance between knowing that you're valuable and thinking that you're important. Uh, and, and so like my faith and my belief says I'm made to be something special. I'm, it's and human life is important and I was made a certain way for a certain thing. And if by not doing that, I'm really shortchanging the world. Um, and you know what God might have for me. That's, that's the way I'm made. Uh, and so I, sh I should look at myself as a valuable thing that's out there to do things for, uh, for other people and just know that I have value because I exist and I'm built a certain way, which is not always, like I said, that performance has always been something in, in my past that I thought I needed to, to, get love um versus thinking you're important right Be because it, when you rely on performance for um for feeling like that, that you're okay in life um mm -hmm. that means you need to rank you need to uh move up you need to continue to improve otherwise you can't continue to get that that love and that satisfaction it's like drugs it's like a it's like a hit like you gotta i need more i need more i need more uh, it's just going on in your brain. Uh, and so like it's, that's an, a, 
evolving thing that I've been learning, but this year, because guess what? I had a lot more solitude, had a lot more opportunity to hike and be outside, had a lot more time to meditate, like lots of that stuff. Um, like I said, once you, you let that rabbit out, those thoughts don't stop. Uh, and, and so I've really been learning to value myself as just being Jake and not feel like I have to do anything more than just be Jake. Mm, yeah, man, that's, I feel like that one's a really tough one to learn. It's like, I think it's a lesson that for, for me personally has been trying to get in multiple times. And it's like, I, it's like something that we know objectively, right. Mm -hmm. That we shouldn't, we shouldn't, um, get our like our validation tied up in everything around us it's something that we have to do ourselves point blank period we need to be enough just because we are mm -hmm. just because we exist but it's a lot trickier in practice and um yeah i think this year was was definitely a prime opportunity for for people to really take that in because everything shut down and everything that did matter before right like are just like the busyness of our, i think everybody realized that sure they were busy and they were doing a bunch of shit but they probably weren't actually moving the mark forward very much they were just caught up in the act of like looking busy being busy um and not so much like the being so that's definitely if, what are you uh, saying something? Yeah, I was just saying, I, I think people don't. I can't hear It's you. not their fault. <laughs> That's weird. Can you hear me? Hello. My mic's working. Still not working. I think it's you. Me? Yeah, did you mute your, your speakers? Oh, it was me. Yeah, yeah. did you get unplugged? I don't even... I don't even know how it happened. Anyway, my right. bad. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I was just saying that um, I think people have a hard time admitting that because they think it's somehow their fault. Because, um, I mean, you know, we talked about like free will and self-determination and, and doing things along with life. Um, so we do have that, that control. But when you're trapped in the system, you don't even know you're in it. Like you can't get out or, or you know, you, may, you don't think there's other options. So I, I think that whole I'm valuable and it's okay just because I am. Um, it's something that you have to get out of the current kind of way of life to really get smacked in the face with. Otherwise, it's really subtle, uh, at least for me. Like, I, I could hear it, but it was like so soft. It was like, ah, uh, probably, but you know, there's some good stuff going on here. I'm, I'm gonna stick with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you experience any of that um, with, ooh, okay, so. Right, LinkedIn video started 2017. Mm -hmm. um, did you experience any of that then? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, the self-important yeah. important thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Hard not to. Yeah. Well, no, it's 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 a sure sign that you're caught up in something that's not real. Because if it can if it can appear and disappear that quickly, then it, it never really existed. It was it was like a a trend. It was something that was there and it's no longer there. So uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Me and Jake Melton talk about that still to this day. It's like, wow, we were like on top of the world there for a minute and we really didn't do anything impactful with that. <laughs> you know, we were just kind of popular on a, a, a net social network that some people were on, you know, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
It, it's that I think it's so wild to me, especially because I've had a weird relationship with LinkedIn by going, I, you know, being on there and then experiencing that and being like, whoa, wait, this is weird. I need to actually do something. So then I went and then I built a six figure business and then it was like, oh, okay, wait, but like, well, do I want to go back to that? And so now that I don't have an agenda and I'm back on LinkedIn, it's interesting to see people just mm in the position that maybe that you were at. Yes, 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 yeah. exactly. So it's interesting. Yeah. And it's easy to get caught back up into it too, even even though knowing that that's not why I'm there anymore. Like when I get likes on my posts, it's, I still like it. It's like, oh, sweet. Some people like my stuff, but yeah. I just, I'm more like, oh, okay, that's that's far enough. Good. Yeah, Good for right. Like, thanks for the chemicals. Uh, I'm going to go back yes. to doing the impactful shit that I'm doing. <laughs> That's right. Yep, let me hit done. All right, let's roll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it also maps back to how a lot of entrepreneurs see their businesses too, though, is are you, and it's really like kind of the evolution of the whole impact of retention thing was uh, I, you, you have to go do something impactful first and, and really care about it before the attention even matters. So like if you're spending 80% of your time on social media and writing emails and doing all these things and 20% of the time working on your business and doing something that really matters, you're not building a business, right? You're building a social media presence. And so like, that's where it hit me back kind of 2018 after, after we'd kind of taken that ride on LinkedIn. And when I did all that, it was like, at the end of the day, uh, so it was kind of a preview into my obituary, right? It was like, at the end of the day, I don't want to be remembered as someone as a LinkedIn top voice. I want to be remembered as someone who freaking changed the world, you know, like made amazing things happen. Yeah. So that's, that's not happening here. <laughs> I better yeah. go figure it out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I love that. Um, and I'm also glad that people, I don't know, sometimes I just feel like, am I just like a grouchy grandmother who's just scrolling on social media? Like, cause I'm, I feel almost as if like, I'm not being judgy about it, but it's just, it's just so interesting to watch. And to your point, it's because we are so, uh, we're so neurotic, I'm neurotic in many ways, right? I'm constantly running this track of, um, just trying to show up as the person that I want to show up as, because I think mm -hmm. in many ways, my like the way that I was raised and just particular traumas that I've experienced in my life make it very challenging in particular ways to stay on the right track, right? With uh, mm, mental yeah. health, all that. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's almost because we run those, those tracks, um, those very self-aware tracks, we can't help but see it in other people. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, so like I'm a big advocate for like environment change and environment planning and environment pruning and all that stuff. Right. So I like, I have two areas of my house that I work and I have, um, you know, scheduled stops and for, for quiet and like different things like that. Right. Cause I, I know myself that, and that's a, one of the things when people say like, man, you're so productive. How you do that? Like, no, I'm actually a freaking dumpster fire in my head. And I literally have to create atmospheres that keep me on track. I just know that about myself. So yeah. what you see is the processes. What I see is, oh gosh, I want to look cream pie. Oh gosh, I want to go play some video games. Oh gosh, uh, I'm on Facebook and it's been 46 minutes. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> nobody sees any of that. <laughs> Gross, you still spend 46 minutes on Facebook? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Instagram. Instagram, not Facebook. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to start wrapping this thing up, but I'm going to ask, actually, do you have any final thoughts before I ask my last question? Well, I kind of want to know your answer to the unlearn question. What have you unlearned this year? Oh, what are you unlearning? Gosh. 
it's like family therapy session all over it again. Is. Sorry, your turn. Sorry, not the same. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, what am I unlearning? I I mean, again, it's very much in line with with what you are unlearning. So I'm not, I swear I'm not copying you, but I think this has been the biggest lesson for me. And and that is unlearning whatever what I think or thought that people thought that I should be doing. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. whereas I was playing all of these roles to all these people, I was so caught up in the roles and my self-importance and all of that. And when everything kind of came to a halt, I had to recognize that I was doing the thing again, where I was tying my worth and my value up in what everyone else thought about me. And I had neglected to, to think about how I thought about me. And, and so what's been really key in that is number one, I've had to revisit a lot of past stuff. There was a lot of stuff that I thought that I had worked through because I could talk about it and, and say it without crying or whatever, but really it just became a story to me. And it doesn't mean that I had ever processed the fact that some really horrendous things had happened. So I had to actually fully process these things that happened, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. And that has been an interesting process. So I had to do that. And then I had to look at the things that, um, maybe an easier way to say it is I just had to start setting boundaries with people. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that I haven't historically been good at at all because it goes into this deep rooted belief kind of similar to what you have is that I am unwanted and I am unlovable. And so in that way, I became a people pleaser because I needed and wanted love so badly that I would do whatever it took to keep people around. And so now I don't fucking care um, about you like doing anything for anyone else um, to get love. I care about doing things because I want to do them and I want to show up for people. And um, so, yeah, I think those two things have been crucial. Um, but yeah, just I'm learning that. Yeah. Do you think it's still okay to cry about things, even if you feel like you've processed them? Oh, for sure. Because I've, I've been dealing with that. Because like, I, there's stuff I felt like I've processed, and I have a process, you know, multiple times that I, that still will cause me to tear up sometimes. Uh, and I go, "Have I processed it?" And then I go, "It doesn't matter. Like, mm. it's just a moment, and I can embrace it." Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, that's. I think that's an important thing to point out is that. Things that have hurt us before, things that have happened to us, just because you feel like you have some reoccurrence or reemergence of a particular sadness or whatever, doesn't mean you should just shove that shit down. I think it means that you should let it out. And who, who says that healing should take place? You know, what's the whole, the whole process of grieving? It's okay. like, hey, it should be about this many months. And I think that is bullshit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think people agree, like, you know, when someone dies, like, I don't think you just go through a quick, like go through this five-step process and then you've completely grieved that person. Like I still miss people who passed away when I was, you know, five, 10, 15, 20. Like, I don't think that ever stops, you know? And so sometimes yeah. in a moment, like something will be happening and I'll just be like, man, I wish I could tell this person this, you know, like they would yeah. get it. Like nobody else got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because I, I think um, that it for me, it maps back to performance and at, for everyone, probably whatever their wound is, right? Um, mm -hmm. But my, my performance mindset of I need to be done with this grieving. 
Otherwise, I'm not doing a good job. That's not a good performance. Um, so that's how it shows up for me in my head. So that's kind of when I can go, actually, I'm a human and I have emotions and it's okay if they come up again. And I just get to choose how I, I treat the emotions. That doesn't mean I squelch or kill the emotions. So that's, that's mm. been a big learning for me. I say learning, uh, experiencing. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm learning how to do that. Uh. Yeah, that's, I think that's a tough one, especially for, you know, people who are very driven and very uh, optimistic because we just want to be like, okay, like this is uncomfortable. Like, let's not look at this. Let's look at the next more comfortable thing. But in order for us to get to that in a healthy way, we have to let emotions pass through us. Some like a storm, basically. That's how it's been told to me, right? They're just passing through. They are not me. It is not innate to who I am. They are just passing through. And so make space for them. Yeah, and there's there's actually beauty in pain, right? And there's beauty in um, like I don't know what other words because I, I don't use those words a lot, so I, I have to look for for words. Like I, I can I can place words on a lot of things really quickly just because I read so much. But like around pain, mm. you know, sadness, um, there's beauty in that. And so like when you when you push those on real quick, you miss the beauty that you could have had by just sitting in the sadness or the or the pain, um, which is not something I'm used to. Yeah, like going deep into, and I think that's what's cool about pain is that it forces you to go deep. It forces you to look at, because you are really what you're trying to do is I want it to stop. I want to get rid, I don't want to feel this anymore, right? And so it forces you to go deep. And I think that's where the beauty is because then you recognize how connected everything is and just how, ugh. Anyway, it's a whole ass other podcast. But yeah, yeah, I'm- <laughs> Kansas, we started painting. <laughs> Um, okay. So final question is you are going to die tomorrow. What do you do today? Uh, hug my kids. Um, show gratitude to all the people I can think of. Uh, go find the tallest place I can watch a sunset and just cry. Um, yeah, that's what comes to mind. Mm, why would you cry? What would you be experiencing in that moment? Beauty. Uh, it's, it's what we were just kind of talking about there. Like there is, there's, I don't know, there's this weird thing I'm unpacking about beauty and, and pain. Like knowing I'm going to die is, would be super painful. Um, but I automatically link it to beauty somehow now because I want to be at, at a sunset or a, something beautiful. And I want to link that to something happening. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a whole therapy session. I haven't been through yet. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I get it. Like, um, it's just like the culmination. It's what a cool moment it would be to know that you're going to die the next day. And then to be able to reflect on the culmination of everything that's ever happened to you in your life. And, and of course, as the sun is setting, right, it's like setting on you. Yeah, and yeah. that's, that's beautiful, Jake Jordan. I like it. I think we're gonna we're gonna end it with that the end you made it to the end thanks for sticking around it means the world to me i guess that means you enjoyed the conversation if so please subscribe and leave us your reviews and you can also follow me on any of my social media channels at katie wallace hub